What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 6, episodio 6, in Spanish for the Gaming Disorder podcast. I am one of your hosts, the Forte Jorge. With me this wonderful Saturday is Dylan. What up? Not much, man, dude. Happy Saturday. Um, Dylan, how's how's your week been? How What have you been playing? What's dude, man, on? my week's been pretty busy this week, and actually it's kept me so busy that I actually haven't played very many games to mm-hmm. this week. I had to drive about an hour away from home just so I can do some schooling. So, yeah, that's been a commute lately, and it's been taking a lot out of me. But in my spare time, like, I'll catch a couple rounds of Smash here and there. But that that was pretty much my week, yeah, with games. Just, like, one, two rounds of Smash, and then after that, it was pretty much just bet all week to try to get to that location for school and stuff. How about you, man? How's your week been looking like? Uh, not bad. I took Monday and Tuesday off. Uh, I wasn't really feeling super great, and I was like, you know, let me just take a, let me just take a day or two to kind of get my stuff together mentally, and got a chance to finish editing the podcast. Last week's episode that is actually out now, that one was about our favorite memories with siblings. Yeah, and it's you know this is really the power of what I'm trying to convey with the show and what I'm trying to project with, you know, our love for games because. After that episode, I had like these really heartwarming and in-depth conversations with my sister because she called me because I, I actually sent her the episode and I was like, Man. "Hey, just so you know, you know, I'm like I said, she's not really she plays games now somewhat, but not to I the extent you. that I do. But I sent her a link and I was like, "Hey, just so you know, I did this episode and we touched on it and of course you came up and she reached out to me after that and we kind of." You know, had a had one of those dope, powerful man. speech talks. <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. But yeah, no, that was I was pretty happy. Honestly, if that's the only thing that comes from that episode, then that one was definitely worth it. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. And no, but other than that, you know, I'm still trying to trying to be Persona Five Royal. I just beat the third palace the other day. I'm starting the fourth. Nice. And I've also been playing some Dead by Daylight here in between, but. That's usually just when everyone I know who's on who plays it is. Uh, that's the only time really that I play it anyway. And then I also started playing. What did I download that I started playing? Is it Naruto? Oh no no no! I'm sorry. Not, oh, not Naruto. I downloaded Hellraid for the Dying Light expansion, and that's what? the one that I was referring to where it kind of takes place in like a medieval setting. There's like these skeleton warriors attacking you and stuff instead of zombies. What? So I downloaded that. Yeah, it was pretty pretty cheap. I think it just came out recently too. So. For Dying Light? Interested. Yeah, for Dying Light. I'm telling what? you, dude, Dying Light is still you, getting updates. Five, you you six mentioned years that later. they're still updating the game. And I. Wow, that's that's nutty to believe. Holy shit. Yeah, you have to check it out, dude. I also saw. Um, was it Death Road to Canada that you were mentioning oh, in yeah. this episode? Oh, yeah. I actually saw it that it was on sale on the Switch, but I was like, I wonder if Dylan has it on the Switch or on the PlayStation, because. I obviously want to get it on the system that you have in case we ever do decide to play it. Yeah, I got it on the PlayStation, but honestly, like, the switch between both consoles, it's kind of 
easy just because the button layout's very similar. So yeah. it's not With that big. The exception big of, a of the swapping of yeah. X and circle, which yeah. would be, I guess, A and B. And I could probably play that game on a single Joy-Con. That's how simply put together the game is. Oh, so yeah, that's true. There's no like complicated button combination or corresponding buttons you got to press in a certain sequence in order to do anything. It's simple. Hmm. Well, yeah, well, that's yeah, good just, to know. Like yeah. I said, it was like it had to have been like seven dollars, and I was like, man, seven bucks. That's that's that's, that's a, pretty that's good a pretty sale, good price, especially for how interesting you made it sound. So I might yeah, I might look into that. I'll reach out to you if I end up buying it on Switch, and then maybe we can make something happen. Yeah, because um, I know that you were telling me you were having problems with your PlayStation, right? Yeah, honestly, if it's seven bucks on the Switch, dude, I might just pick it up on my Switch just because. I mean, I I don't mind supporting the indie developer that made the game. It's really fun. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to look into that. A couple things that I just wanted to touch on before we get into the main, I guess, crux of our episode. Yeah. Um, we, of course, are still in the middle of doing our giveaway. We mentioned it at the end of last episode. So for anyone listening that might have not heard the end of the last episode, we are currently having a giveaway that's going to last about a month. I think we said in the middle of September was around yes. the time we were going to decide our winner. We're going to have two winners, actually. And all you have to do to enter our giveaway is... Follow the Gaming Disorder podcast on Instagram, and you can either DM the Instagram page or send an email to our Gmail, which is the Gaming Disorder Podcast at gmail.com. Just tell us your favorite gaming memory, and we'll be going through all the submissions. You know, tell us your favorite moments, the things that really you know made this a thing for you. And we, I can't, I can't wait to read some of the submissions. So I've already gotten a couple, and some really? of them are looking, yeah, looking pretty good. So oh shit, come come correct with your with your nostalgic memories because I, I have a feeling this is going to be a good one. And like I said, we'll be giving out twenty dollars of your preferred video game currency, whether it's uh, PlayStation Store credit, Xbox Live Gold points, or whatever it's called, or Nintendo eShop yeah, tokens, points. or whatever the hell they use, but. Yeah, pretty simple. Follow us on Instagram and write in to either our Instagram or the Gmail. And, you know, like I said, we'll be discussing, we'll probably be revealing the winner. I'm thinking maybe prior to the Persona episode that we plan on doing just because I understand some people probably aren't going to listen to the Persona episode if they're not interested in Persona. So probably one before that's still just a regular episode. We'll probably announce it or one after uh, and then that way we'll be able to get everything situated and we can get that stuff out to you guys so you can get more games and have more conversations with us. So just wanted to touch on that. A couple of points of interest that I wanted to touch on. The PS5 got its first commercial. Whoa, so, what? Yeah, very, very low. They didn't show anything new. They don't tell the price or anything. They kind of just go over some of the features that it has. You know, it's like one of those on-screen things. Where it's like, oh, a haptic feedback, adjustable this, and yada, yada, yada. But So it, the commercial in itself was very, like, bare bones to the point. No new information. So the PlayStation 5 commercial, it's fine, honestly. No new information, like I said. Uh, the one thing that I did think was pretty interested, they were talking about some of the features that some of the games would have when it comes out because you know you have the haptic feedback and you have the, the DualSense controller that is supposed to do all sorts of things with the motion and the, the audio that is supposed to be a little bit more immersive. But one of the things that I saw that was pretty cool, I believe they were referring to uh, that game Deathloop that they showed a while back. And they're like, oh, if your gun jams, you'll feel that the trigger doesn't go down or something Wait, like that. Wait, what? If, like, your gun jams in the game, 
there will be an actual impact on how you feel it in the controller. You know, it'll add some resistance to your trigger, or maybe it won't make it go down at all, or maybe, you know, it just flops down, something like that. So I'm pretty interested to see stuff like that. I know that they were talking about in Miles Morales when he goes to do, like, the Venom Punch, that you can feel the static electricity behind the attack. Things like that. So yeah, that's I'm, I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what more they do with DualSense, but like I said, the commercial is very bare bones. Yeah. One of those kind of spots that you see maybe like on ESPN or in between commercials, nothing really significant. Well, uh, I'm really interested to see what they can kind of do to kind of add a couple mechanics just off the controller alone. I'm, uh, there was an Uncharted game on like the PSP, I believe, or Vita, Vita. at the time. Golden and I think Vest. there was this puzzle bit where you can, there's like a sensor in the back of the PlayStation Rear Vita. touchpad. Yes, in the back. And basically, I think you had to like tilt the game controller up or like be lying down where it's like an upwards position. That way the character in the game would like project light onto a certain item from yeah. like the area. And it then also it'll- had in that same game where if you found like an artifact and you were wiping the dust off of it, you could touch the touch screen and the rear pad to kind of get around it as a 3d object yeah i do remember that that's, that's yeah, pretty I, th that. I think it's pretty interesting that you mentioned the whole you know they're gonna have guns in playstation games now and they're gonna have like gun jamming mechanics and if the gun jams it it's like a different feeling on the controller that'll let you know as the player like okay something's not right with yeah. the shot i just tried to crack you know exactly they say uh, different things like different guns are going to feel different like the how the remote feels when you go to hit your trigger if you're using a double barrel shotgun versus yeah. if you're using a pistol yeah you know the feeling is going to be different i'm pretty excited to see that you know it's it's one of those things that when i think about next generation and the new things that are coming these are the things that i get excited about oh yeah we obviously just have rumble is a feature now mm -hmm. so seeing what more they can do with that because i feel you're i feel like you're never really gonna see a generational leap like when you saw the difference between let's say a super nintendo and a nintendo 64 because that leap was so crazy because we were going from 2d spaces or very very simple 3d spaces yeah to the n64 playstation 1 era where now you were in 3d environments yeah you know? and then of course after that it just kind of came down to graphical fidelity of better looking and things looking prettier and running you know a little bit better but for the most part gaming has kind of only looked a little better you know every generation or maybe not even a little better it's definitely looked a lot better and you know things can be more detailed but i want to see in-depth changes in the way people approach making a game now it's like what can we so, do now that we have this technology yeah so i think that with graphics and everything we've kind of hit a point where uh, shoot man sometimes with video game cutscenes and stuff um i feel like i'm just watching like a live action rendition it's just just because somehow the graphics this day and age they've definitely blown away my expectations of what video games would be like currently at this time yeah but you know I mean, there's now some games like i know you said ghost of tsushima there's some parts yeah. of that game that are just stunningly beautiful you know, oh yeah the water and the rivers oh and, and on the mountainside and the sun is that like the perfect angle that it's kind of reflecting off of the moss on rocks shoot know, not even like you, you ever get that uh you ever point like your phone camera directly in sunlight and you get that weird the sun glare yes you get that sun glare too as you're just like riding in an open meadow in the game and 
some it's that little touch that game developers add into games that pull you in it's like man it's that little detail that really fleshes it out more oh yeah as an experience so that just really nailed it the intro to that game was incredible but once the the box art with the text and everything for the ghost of tsushima prompt on the screen like i got goosebumps just once it popped up and i still get goosebumps just replaying the game like that scene was so mind-boggling it's crazy yeah that's how i feel about the last of us the first one because you know it starts off in such a way but we'll we'll talk about a little bit we'll talk about that a little bit later yeah man but yeah that was the playstation 5 commercial uh one of the other things that i wanted to touch on is i'm sure you remember the state of play episode we did that we talked about a game that both of us kind of it drew our attention and we were both very curious and excited to see what it was like and that game was Aeon Must Die. Okay, yeah, I and remember that. So apparently there's some controversy revolving the game and its release and what's going on, but I no. reported that at the time they showed the demo, apparently like the majority of the staff had quit because there was these crazy allegations of gross mismanagement on the part of the CEO and IP theft, and oh, shit. apparently the title was stolen from the developers at Limestone Games, and then someone released a Dropbox link full of allegations against the CEO and apparently some of the employees reached out to Focus Home Interactive which is the publisher for Aeon Must Die and I don't think that it was resolved or at least addressed so there's a bit of controversy going on. I thought you would like to know that because I know we're both interested in that game but apparently there is some some very shady business going on with that one. Oh man. They, yeah like I said the, the, apparently a lot of the staff quit Yeah, and the CEOs or you know higher ups from what I'm understanding about the story. The story is constantly progressing of course I'm, I'm very interested to have more details come out in the future but apparently the ceo was just like hey let's let's run with it let's just show the thing and it's weird because it's like oh here's this game that playstation shows at their showcase and it's like oh also it's you know involved in all this drama so yeah <laughs> you know I that's crazy that would be an interesting little bit of information for, for everyone that's definitely that interesting again. information yeah but but anyway that's all i wanted to touch on really before we got into our topic our topic yeah. today of course is favorite video game characters do you love them do you like them why who stood out to you? Who made an everlasting impression on you? And just the the characters that you feel all around, not attracted to in the sense of obviously a physical aesthetic, but I feel with any sort of character design, it's easy to make bland characters. So when you have these characters that stand apart, I think that's that's really something because there's there are fewer things that I love than a very well flushed out, well written character. So yeah, I know that I'm pretty excited to talk about this with you, D, because I'm I'm curious to see what yours look like versus what mine look like. Yeah. So do you want to start? Do you want me to start? How? Why don't you take us off? Okay. So. One of the first characters that really sticks out to me, and these aren't really in any particular order, there is one or two that I kind of want to save for last, and I think that if we, you know, it's not in any specific order, so don't necessarily worry about that. Oh, it's Um, all good, man. This one might be one that might be on your list. In fact, I'm almost certain it's on your list. So I'm curious, we can have a little bit, if it is on your list, we can go back and forth now. Oh yeah, 100%, man. We made these lists independent of one another, so I don't know what's on Dylan's list. He doesn't know what's on my list. Yeah. But I have a feeling this one I do know. And it is Zero from the Mega Man X series. Uh-huh. Great character, by the way. Love is he, him. Is he on your list? He's unfortunately not on my okay. list. Yeah. No, I like this. I like this because yeah. I swore. But okay, but good. We can talk. I 100% like, understand your decision on... He, he kind of made Mega Man X more of a badass game with his inclusion into it. Yeah. And so, he really added like another layer of 
character development and stuff just because he he kind of set this boundary initially whenever you start off the game yeah let's start at the beginning Mega yeah. man x you know of course you're playing as x you run through bro i will say this right now it's funny that you put zero because i did put Mega Man x on my list we got zero right there and you got Mega Man right here so yeah so zero to me i remember just especially when i was younger him sticking out to me so much because he was so radically different than Mega Man, and i say that because of course Mega Man is blue he has his blaster although zero in x still has the blaster and the first time you encounter zero is at the end of the preliminary level in Mega Man x mm. and you're fighting you're fighting against vile who's a purple what are they they're reploids right yeah so he's a purple reploid and picture he's riding like a mech he's riding like a mech suit and it's so funny because in Mega Man x you cannot win this fight yeah you're supposed to lose this fight i don't think that it's actually until Mega Man x is it powered up or no powered up is the Mega Man one remake with two additional right. boss so characters. there's a remake of x that came out on the psp maverick hunter x That's maverick it. hunter x so oh, so good it wasn't until Maverick Hunter X that you actually had to beat Vile in the first in the first fight, but in the Super Nintendo version, the original version that I played, you had to lose to Vile. That was it. And in the beginning, I actually didn't know that, so I died, reset my game, <laughs> went back, died again. Because like the any fight, other person the, under the age of 10 that loses in a game? Yeah, the beginning of the fight with Vile is, in the first stage, obviously, you don't have anything. You don't have your dash, you don't have any of your upgrades, so you're very bare bones. And it's it's just, you're meant to lose to him. Vile basically comes up and grabs X, and he's kind of just, like, choking the shit out of him. And then, all of a sudden, you see a charge blast shot come into screen. And you see the charge blast shot come into screen before you, before you even see Zero. And then Zero comes in, all badass, and then, like, and then the soundtrack plays the off. Oh, man. That yeah. fucking guitar rift with that intro. He has that, yeah, he has that dope-ass, like, synth guitar. <sighs> and the first thing you notice about Zero is, first of all, he's red and white as opposed to Mega Man's blue. And he has long blonde hair that it's cut off almost like an old Samurai Shogun style. Which, now that I think about it, is kind of appropriate for Zero because Zero in the, in the later titles uses the z-saber zero first of all i thought zero was a girl because he had long hair you know as a child i was like oh this must be a girl and he just had these two white plates that on on the chest piece that he that he wears that it almost looked like a like a bustier you know like yeah. a like a like a breastplate so yeah. i just assumed zero was a girl in fact i kind of almost wish zero was a girl because how badass would that be because i don't think there's ever been a, a female maverick hunter in any of the Mega Man games that i've played at least no so and then later on in the game you come across Vile again, and Zero basically sacrifices himself for you, you know, comes up and basically throws himself on the back of the mech suit that Vile is riding and just lets a charge shot go off at close range, blowing up the mech suit, but also blowing up Zero in the process. And then after the Vile fight, you go to where Zero's, you know, the remnants of his body are, and he's literally dying. And I thought it was weird, because, you know, in Mega Man X, you have the, the dialogue boxes, and they have a little picture of the person who's talking, and you visibly see that there's blood, like, running out of oh, his yeah. mouth, and he's clearly damaged. But if you didn't get all the weapon containers prior to the vile fight the second one once zero dies and you go to his body you get the the upgrade to the, the pink shot upgrade right the pink shot that it shoots like these two intersecting beams 
looks like a DNA helix almost. Yes, a helix. Thank you. That's a much better way to say it. It shoots like a pink helix, and it does insane damage. And it actually lets you use upgraded versions of, oh, yeah. of the weapons that mm. you've used before. So before, you had like the ice What a great shot. addition. And now instead of it shooting like an ice shot that splinters off at the end, now you encase yourself in ice and protect yourself from damage. But you can also encase yourself in ice and it damages enemies at the same time. So instead of shooting one boomerang from the uh, the boom Kawangar stage, you shoot like eight of them across the whole screen. Yeah. Th- things like that. Instead of doing the chameleon shot, which would just shoot three green lasers, now you actually have a window of invulnerability. Yeah. So, you know, you get it after Zero dies and I just remember Zero being cuz he he was like the he was like the mysterious one. You know, like, yeah. who the fuck is this guy? He shows up different than X, has an X in two scenes. That's all clearly, he gets. Clearly more powerful than X cuz he shows up in the beginning with one charge shot is basically able to like damage Vile when you don't really do anything to him. So, that's why I had this intrigue. So, tell me oh, yeah. tell me you obviously having Mega Man X character or having X on your list. Oh, let's man. touch on let's touch on Zero first. How do you how do you feel about Zero? Zero is X's freaking compadre right there, man. It's like yeah. he makes the other half of essentially just the Maverick Hunter duo right there. Zero's got the saber, X has the buster, and yes. that, that's pretty much as badass as he gets right there. He, he's pretty much fighting with primitive tools at this point, you know, because everyone's A got busters. Futuristic laser sword. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, he's here running pistols, and everyone else has all these nice futuristic weapons, and it's like, man, X and Zero are the main characters in the game. Yeah, of course. But... And the cool thing about Zero was that, yeah, in the later titles where you could play as Zero, Zero uses the it's a Z Saber, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he uses the Z Saber as opposed to a charge shot. Yeah. And for instance, my other favorite Mega Man game, Mega Man X4, which was on the oh. PlayStation 1. Yeah, so you good. You can pick between X and Zero, and he has the, the Saber. And, you know, the whole theme behind Mega Man is you beat the boss, you take their weapon, and now you have a version of their weapon that you can use. Yeah. And instead of X, of him, you know, shooting ice, he would do, like, a flaming uppercut if he beat yeah. a flame enemy. Or he would do, like, a downward icicle spike. If I thought that... Enemy how Zero's, like, special weapons mm-hmm. is a lot more versatile than X's because with X's, you had to cycle through, like, weapons in order yes. to change them. And I thought that that kind of took me out of the game a yeah. lot of times just Zero's because I would either... input command. Yeah, exactly. I thought, like, that... Just that alone for him as a character kind of made him that much more interesting playing through with him as a character yeah. as opposed to X. Because with X, if you wanted to try to cycle through, you would have to go through all the weapons, just pressing the R triggers to go find the right weapon or pause the game, which would take you out of the gameplay for a bit just so that you can select the weapon that would yeah. be preferred for a boss. And then you go back into the fight. See, I kind of thought that that was... I, I thought it was a very tedious task to do, even though it gave you an advantage in the fight. But with Zero, it's just once you beat the boss, it's there. Yeah. I think like in 4, you fight like Split Mushroom or something like that, and he gives you like a double jump ability or something. Yes. So, that yeah. I thought was pretty cool because right? I just, I, I loved his, his kit, you know? I yeah. loved his, his ability because I would always, one of my favorite combos would be doing the, the flaming slash that yeah. it shoots you upward. And then since you're already in the air, you would hit like down triangle or down square. You and do it would that ice spike, the right? ice spike that comes uh, down. So it's kind of like yeah. an uppercut and a spike back down. But I just, man, I think any character who prefers to use a sword in a world where predominantly more modern weapons are used is just always cooler to me 
Oh, 100%, man. I've always thought that was pretty badass. And Zero, you know, you find out that Zero kills Sigma at some point, right? Or he kills a clone of Sigma, and isn't that Oh, are you gets... talking about the cutscene in 4, where, like, there's a Zero was Maverick scenes. originally, right? Yeah, because there's, like, this weird, alluding story that Zero used to be a Maverick. He used to be one of the enemy, and now yeah. he's no longer but he's still kind of like plagued from the things that he does and you know he, like i said he's mysterious he's a yeah. mysterious swordsman you see a lot of those in in media but he, he was just super cool to me i love seeing him in any of the cutscenes in in maverick hunter x and in in x4 for the playstation one of course you have that great intro where you see him you know basically having a sword fight with colonel a character that you later meet on in X4 who also uses a sword, but mm -hmm. I just thought he was he was badass. And then in X4, if you input, it wasn't really a cheat code, but there was a way that you could change Zero's armor. <sighs> And he would be, yeah. he would have a black suit, a black and red armored suit as opposed to his red and white. And it would just look so cool to me. Like, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Uh, so Zero's definitely yeah. one of the earlier characters I remember soon as um, shit man i remember going on like back whenever cheat codes were all posted up online i had no idea that was even a thing with black zero central oh that was was that the website cheat cc uh, i think that was it something like that but you just search up whatever game it is and it gave a whole compendulum of all these cheat codes for any specific game mm -hmm. and prior to that i had no idea that black zero was even a thing i yeah. went to a friend's house and his zero was black and i was like oh that's new and his Z saber, it's got like a purple tint to it it's instead a of a green. Instead of green, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I was like, man, that color scheme just works well. So I don't know. Uh, it, definitely when I was playing my playthrough of Mega Man X4, there's the option to put in the code. 100% I'm putting in the code. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's funny because sometimes I'd have two save files, one for X and then two for zero. <laughs> one for regular red suit zero and then one for Kuro zero, aka. Black I feel that. Zero. But yeah. Dylan, that's really the first one of the first characters I actually remember. I was like, man, this dude is so fucking cool. Yeah. And I loved seeing him, you know, every once in a while you'd see him in like Marvel versus Capcom and I always wanted him to be more flushed out than what he actually was. Because to me, Leona Zero was more interesting than Mega Man. I know that you know, one of yours is Mega Man, so why don't you yeah. why don't you tell me a little bit about that and actually X specifically, right? Oh hundred percent X is like the best Mega Man in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'd agree. We're going to start this off by saying that prior to X's manufactured by Thomas Light, they were just robots. Yep. And Mega Man was just that ro you know, the main robot at the time. But the difference between him and Mega Man is Mega Man X is X had to go through essentially, it was like a sleep almost, just so that he can kind of process human thoughts and everything. Because the difference between a robot and a reploid is a reploid is a sentient AI that can make decisions of its own free will. Yeah. And that's something that X kind of deals with a lot in the game because he, he, he's a pacifist, so he doesn't like to fight. Yeah. But he finds himself in conflicts where he has to step up and he, he feels like it's his responsibility to do something and make a change because you have villains and stuff and all these chaoses and you know good mavericks going rogue all of a sudden and someone has to put him in their place and he starts off as like pretty much a b-ranked maverick yeah and his best friend zero at the time was top of the list like he was like an s-class hunter but you know zero was still there like you know encourage him respect him so that, that's the reason why i feel you know x and zero kind of go very well together as characters they, they kind of make 
the backbone of the Mega Man X series. So yeah, I mean they outside are the of Mega that, Man X series. Yeah, man, I, think like, I think it's so funny because one of the things I think we touched on in the previous episode is I want to see the connecting bridge between the original Mega Man and then what turned into the Mega Man X series. I want to see yeah. the story. I want to play the game of how that happens. But X is such a great character because it's so funny. I, I heard this interview because they were talking about, I don't know if they're doing a Netflix Mega Man show, a Mega Man oh, X man. show, or, or maybe it might just be Mega Man. I don't think it's X in particular. But they were talking about Mega Man X and they asked one of the creators, or like one of the creators of the show, not the game. They're like, oh, why? what do you like most about Mega Man? And he's like, oh, I like that he's an underdog hero. Yeah. Now, that's kind of weird because he is, but I feel like that's not even the biggest thing with Mega Man. Because, yeah, Mega Man, the more you fight your enemies, the stronger you get because the more abilities you get. But he's a weapon that doesn't like violence and war. Yeah. Like, he's, like you said, he's a pacifist. So yeah. I think that duality, those two conflicting natures of he's he's made to be a, like one of the strongest weapons ever because he can copy enemy, he can take enemies' abilities and, you know, he does decide to, to do yeah. good by it, you know? So I always thought was one it's, feature that I liked because yeah, I was man. like, yo, it's easy to have like Duke Nukem or, you know, one of these characters that they're just strong and they know it and they're just out here doing shit. But X is like, I don't, he's like, I don't want to fight. He's like, I just want yeah. I want world peace. peace. Like, yeah, I want peace. Peace between people and robots. Yeah. That's all I want. That's it. Yeah. And he keeps finding himself in situations where there's an uprising of robots and he's got to put them in their place and be like, yo, man, that's not cool. You can't be doing that to people. Nah, fam. You know? Step down. That's all X's thing. But it's funny that you mentioned Zero on your list because I kind of want to talk a little bit more about like just those two characters alone because you, you talked about a while ago like through the X series it was kind of hinted that that Zero was he was made for nefarious reasons originally yeah and I think that is one hundred percent like what the story is based off of because originally the way the game goes is Wily developed Zero yeah and Thomas Light developed Mega Man X. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy to see that both of these robot masters, prime creations, just became allies at one point. That's Granted, true. X and Zero, they get, I think it was X4 that you had to fight Zero, or was it X5? Uh, I think it was X5 when you fight Virus Zero. Yes. Yes. Ugh. I do God. Yeah. X4, they kind of hinted at the fact that he had a virus, but X5, they kind of played it out much more. Yeah. So he's got like some sort of zero virus and this is some virus that Wily had discovered at some point in the Mega Man franchise. I think it was for Mega Man 8 if I'm being completely honest because he found like some, it was like a disrupted tech from like another alien planet. It was like a corrupted he, sort of... Corrupted data yeah, almost. Corrupted data. I think that's yeah, the vibe that, that I got from it. That's the best way I can explain it too but basically whatever Wily did while developing Zero, he put that random super obscure object into him and that's kind of what spawned the virus through his first awakening you know he fights sigma yeah. and that's how the the virus went from zero to sigma and that's originally oh, really? how that's originally how it all spawned like See, there was an I original fight know that because i know that in x4 in one of the cutscenes, i think it's yeah. the cutscene when you first start playing a zero zero is kind of sleeping in a capsule but you can tell he's having these dreams yeah and these dreams are just like little snippets then you see like a silhouette happen. of a man talking to him you see the silhouette of dr wily which is of course the the main bad guy in the original mega man games not mega man x but yeah. now here's wily coming into mega man x the the i guess the floor 
of yeah. Batman X. He, and, he he somehow made it into the story somehow. Yeah, and then one of the shots that I was like, that's fucking weird, is you see Sigma, and he's like bleeding and screaming. And oh, like dude, he is fucked up. He is fucked. And Sigma is the main bad guy in almost every Mega Man X game, correct? Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, in most of them. And he's... It's so funny because I love his transformations. I think that since you have Zero and I have X, like, this whole beginning part could just be about Mega Man X. Our intro to our show is a acapella version of a Mega Man X song. You know, Smooth Storm McGroove, by the name. way. Yeah, shout out to him, man. Thank you yeah, so man. much, dude, for... Yeah. I reached out to him years ago, and I was like, I love this version of this song you do. Me and my friend are thinking about doing a podcast. Would it be okay to, you know, to use it? And he was like, oh, he's like, hey, that's cool. He's like, yeah, man, do you. I was like, great. So that's the short little story, actually, on how our intro is our intro. So thank you to Smooth McGroove on, on YouTube. Uh, oh, if you guys don't know Shout out, his man. work, uh, I highly suggest if you like video game music, this dude does incredible acapella versions of some of the greatest musical soundtracks of all time. So definitely beautiful. check that out. But yeah, man, X and Zero, they're just... It's funny that you have both of them in the game and one doesn't overshadow the other. How yeah. They're both equally, equally cool. Like, I... Yeah. They have their own respected, like character films you know some yeah. of them they have their own flaws in a certain way like at times i feel x can be a bit too much of a pacifist at times but it's kind of his driving factor you know he he, yeah. he realized that he's a weapon like you were saying but he doesn't want to just destroy everything he's trying to make peace with everything and then you have zero who was essentially born as a weapon of destruction but he goes completely against that and decides you know i just want to help people instead but he's got basically this thing in him that one he doesn't even know anything about it honestly he had no idea that he had that in in him at all until the fifth game yeah so, so and then it takes place yeah. you know like i said i haven't played all the x games i've played uh one and two four and five and i think eight so but they're actually all available on the Mega Man legacy collection i think you can either buy uh legacy collection one legacy collection two or you can buy the whole the whole series uh it's available on playstation xbox i think steam and switch, switch. so yeah if you guys haven't played these games i recommend them they're definitely you know they're good examples of what these type of games were like when they first came out and you'll see uh, my favorite thing is seeing improvements some improvements some not so much improvements uh in between iterations of the game like the jump between x and four x4 yeah. and x5 and x6 but yeah, that was a big change between those two because you started off from the Super Nintendo with I think three, yeah, uh, and then all of a sudden one, it switches to four, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. one through three were on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And one through three was. Yeah. Then they had that all of a sudden that four, that graphical five, change. I think six were on the. But anyway, whatever. Yeah, it's available anywhere you want it. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cheap too, so I highly recommend it. I know it may be hard to believe, but this is not a Mega Man X podcast. It's not. But it could be. It time. just so happens that, you know, a few of our, like, two of your favorite characters and one of oh, mine man. are from X, so, of course, that's why we spent a little bit long on the tooth about it. But, so, you know, I had Zero, you had X. Um, I'd like to go on to my, one of my next favorite characters, and that is going to be the one and only Psycho Mantis from Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Now, Psycho Mantis, just the fight alone and how it happens makes for a great character but in how he is in general as a character is incredible to me because for those of you that don't know metal gear solids you play as a, a soldier called snake and long story short uh your mission is to infiltrate shadow moses island because this group has 
kidnapped the DARPA chief, a head of a you know political organization, and a lot of the members of the team that has kidnapped him are members of your former unit. So oh. You have Vulcan Raven, who's this hulking soldier that has a minigun, and then you have Psycho Mantis, and you have Revolver Ocelot, and Revolver Ocelot's this guy who has these two revolvers, but he's really good at bouncing bullets off of walls, so sometimes he'll shoot the wall behind him and it'll ricochet three times and hit you. Oh my god. Um, but my favorite member of their group is called Psycho Mantis, and he's this very skinny, like almost ribs-showing psychic and he wears like one of those old russian gas masks and oh, his whole okay. thing when you fight him is he's using his psychic abilities to throw things at you and you have to dodge them but so i'm gonna give a shout out to hideo kojima for creating the metal gear franchise because it's a franchise that i love not so much to the later when things got complicated with konami but it was great in the way that this fight was designed because you could not win this fight you much like that you just fight, couldn't you could right? not win this fight how you had to because psychomantis is reading your mind because he's a psychic so in the beginning of the fight he would have a dialogue sentence now here's where the genius of game design comes in if you had another save file on your memory card mind you this is the playstation one era you had a separate memory card it was not included in your hard drive there was no hard drive if you had another konami game saved on the memory card that you were using while you were playing metal gear psychomantis would say oh i see you're a fan of castlevania and Man. it has this weird like mind fucked eff effect of like yeah. what he's like oh yes i can see that you're you play this da, 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 da. it's then, so good that you mentioned the psychomantis fight yeah because god I i've heard so many things about it I i'm not i i've never touched a metal gear game and which i should but i've heard so many things about that fight great things and the fact that you're throwing it out there dude it's it's good that you mentioned it. Yeah, and I think he would do this thing where he's like, oh, he's like, watch, I'll make the control move. And then you would set it on the table and it would start vibrating and it would start moving <laughs> across the table. Like a big mind fuck. Yeah. And I, I think as a 10-year-old, I would probably be scared and turned dude, off and PlayStation you know, at the time. Be like, remember, whoa, that's, that's a little much. Do you remember that before when you had to change the channel to like video one, video two? Because there was no yes. HDMI one, HDMI two. It was just a different. I channel. still have to do that sometimes. So there was a section that it would say, it would, the screen would go, oh, there's a section of the fight where the screen would just go black. And instead of saying video one, it would say Hideo one. Because Hideo is spelled H I D E O for Hideo Kojima, who's the guy who made okay. the game. So in the green letters on the corner, it would say Hideo one. And it made it look like your TV was malfunctioning. But how you actually had to beat the fight was you had to disconnect your controller from port 1, because these aren't wireless games, no. Your controller only works if it's in port 1. You would have to take it from port 1, move it to port 2, and now Psycho Mantis couldn't read you. See, I want to talk about what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, because that is the most unique way to integrate a controller I have ever heard of. Yeah, and think about this. I can't stress this enough. This is in the mid to late 90s. Yeah, this was okay. genius. And that's why Hideo Kojima is like a masterclass in game design. And it was so incredible experiencing that. And it's funny because you you see, you later come across in Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, you see Psycho Mantis as a child. What? And he's a kid, he has like long red hair, he's in a straight jacket but a straight jacket that's not confined, so he just has these long sleeves. And you're playing through this scene where you're like crawling through a hospital and you just see him float into the frame. 
and then he just starts like floating up until he passes the floor and then an elevator comes slamming down but Damn. i just thought this dude is like he's creepy he's mysterious i love his outfit and the way that they really flushed him out with the actual the game design that's why psycho mantis is is probably one of my favorite characters because i'm like yo he's just so weird and the, the metal gear franchise in general is just so campy and and awesome and obscure in my opinion at least but yeah psycho mantis is uh one of my other favorite video game characters so what else you got so i was stuck in between a decision for this one too but i think it, it was between zach fair or vincent valentine from the final fantasy 7 series mm-hmm. and i had to give my choice to zach fair just because i feel like his crisis core games as a prequel to Final Fantasy VII kind of set the stage for how everything played out. And to some extent, Vincent did something similar, but he wasn't as much as an influence on the main character of the game. So I think Zack, just because that reason alone, he made, he, he, he gave Cloud just this mantra, you know, after he died. And from there, he just carried on that will with the Buster Sword. So I thought that that was pretty awesome. But Zack, he's a really good character. Uh, I think the way the game starts out, he starts off as a second-class soldier, so not even first-class. But he's trying to work his way to essentially Sephiroth's status. That's his goal. And you start off the game, he goes on his first mission in, like, Wutai or something. And Zack, you know, he starts off just trying to, minding his own business, just trying to make it up in the ranks and soldier. And eventually he just kind of jumps into something a little deeper that Shinra had hidden underneath. Shinra does all of Midgar, providing power and like all these other things. They have this undercover operation and Zack discovers it in Nibelheim. And it kind of spirals everything full circle with Final Fantasy VII after his death at this point mentioning his death uh, there's no video game scene that can compare to like that ending credit of final fantasy 7 crisis core like i have never seen or heard music played so well to an ending title that just fit it so well like man i felt so emotional watching that ending man it was beautiful he dies there and then he just returns to the live stream and it's it's amazing and then after that they start a cutscene of the opening intro for Final Fantasy VII. So, like, it, they really tied it up in a nice little bow, and it's like, hey, here's the game that essentially starts off Final Fantasy VII. And yeah, to just play as Zack, yeah, man, it was a good time. Yeah, because this was around, this was the PSP era, so I'm assuming early, mid-2000s. 2004, yeah. maybe 2003, 2005. Not really entirely sure when that was. I have not played for Crisis Core, I know who Zack is. Yeah. But from what you're telling me, definitely, you know, and you see him in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. So they might Makes be a little short cameo. That. Yeah. So I think it'd be pretty cool. You know, I think that the, there might be a possibility there to see this character again. And not only that, I find it hard to imagine that they're not going to do anything in the future with the Crisis Core series. I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing like old PSP games uh, coming back in some form. Um, I'm not basing that off of anything. I just think it's weird that you wouldn't. You know, Crisis Core is one of the most beloved Final Fantasy games. Yeah. So I can't imagine that. Man, want to... I think the fact that they that they stuck that game to just the PSP kind of handicapped it in a way, just because like that was the only way you could experience that game on the PlayStation Portable. 
And at the time, like most people were gaming on like home consoles at the time. So a lot of people didn't really get the experience to go through that game just because they didn't have access to the PSP. But if you were able to like get it, it's definitely like the number one recommended title I would suggest you give a try. It's such a great game. You can get pretty your PSPs pretty cheap. And yeah, man. There might be, if I remember correctly, I think you can get Crisis Core on the Vita. So you can? Yeah, because you can get PSP titles on the Vita. Oh, man. So, do you I have still, a Vita? I, I do. I still have my Vita, yeah. Of course you do. You should. Never get rid of it. <laughs> that thing's going to be like gold one day, I promise. <laughs> I have three of them. <laughs> and if I see a new one anywhere, I'm fucking buying it. You, like, you, you already have that beautiful Gundam one, and you're thinking of getting another? I have the OG one, Yeah. and then I have the Gundam one. I remember I that one. I get a new slim one, and then I'll be happy. <laughs> um, but, you know. But yeah, Zach, I think that's a great addition. It sounds yeah, like man. you know he's. I'll have to check it out, especially since it is on the Vita, and I'll have to look into the lore because just now having beat Seven Remake a couple of months ago, my Final Fantasy knowledge is is starting to to you know become more and more fresh. So I wouldn't yeah. mind digging deeper into that. So, but you got any other characters you'd like to talk about, bro? Yeah. So I have. I think I'll do two more. Uh, yeah. We're like at about an hour now, so. I think I'll do I'll do two more. One will be longer okay. than the other. I'll be honest. I got just maybe one more character on my list. So if it's good with you, maybe do that one. I'll do the other one, and then if you want to head off with that final character, and any other you know honorable mentions you feel deserves a little bit of spotlight. So I'll go I'll go in depth into one more. Yeah, please do. And then you can do one more, and then I'll go a little bit more into my honorable mentions because some of the other ones are just. You know, quick one-off. Honestly, I'm pretty excited to hear what you got, just because you prefaced this episode by saying, you know, there's no particular order, but the last couple ones, like, definitely appealed to you in a lot of different ways. So, one of my favorite characters, and perhaps I'd say top five favorite video game characters of all time, Mm. is Monokuma from Danganronpa. Okay. Because... First of all, Danganronpa is a visual novel on the Vita. It's also available on the PlayStation, and it's now available on Switch. I think Xbox might have access to it. I'm not really entirely sure. You can also play them on Steam. But Danganronpa is a visual novel about just this normal kid. He's basically just average at everything, and he gets a surprise lottery ticket to attend the most prestigious school and you'll have like the the ultimate baseball star the ultimate fiction writer the ultimate swimmer you know it's a school of only the top of the top the only the elite go there it's called hope's peak academy and it's said that if you attend hope's peak academy you basically have it set for life if you graduate from this school you're good for the rest of your days you don't have to worry about anything shit if it were only that simple Makoto Naegi, who's the main character, he's he's dubbed as the ultimate lucky student because every year they have one student that they literally just pick from a pile. Not, they just pick one random student in Japan, and then they and he's the lucky one. candidate, right? And he's the ultimate lucky student, as yeah. opposed to like the ultimate swimmer, the ultimate baseball star. But he gets there, and he's in the school. He doesn't see anyone, and then he passes out. And then when he wakes up, he wakes up in a classroom. There's like these crude metal plates on all the windows, and there's cameras pointed at him, and turrets, and he's like, what the hell's going on? And he makes his way to the gymnasium. He sees that there's other students there. All the other students have woken up. 
they can't remember anything either the same thing happened to them and then in comes monokuma now monokuma is the principal of the school but his design is he's a teddy bear he's a half black half white teddy bear so right down the middle vertically and the white half of him is just he's a white teddy bear you know small smile on the face black eyes very normal looking but the black half of him he's got like this sharp red eye spiky teeth and his paw on that one side has spikes or like large claws coming out of it so it's very, very two-faced from Batman. He's got like yeah, yeah, like a good side versus a bad side. And he's just goofy. He's just goofy and the thing I like about him, he comes in and he tells everyone he's like, "Hey, you know, welcome to Speak Academy. You all live here now." And everyone's like, "What?" No, he's like, "Yeah, you can't leave." Like, surprise. And like, "What the hell is going on?" They're like, "Oh, well, if you want to leave the school, you have to graduate." And everyone's like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "In order for you to graduate, you need to kill someone and get away with it. And everyone's like, what? What? He's like, yeah, you need to commit a murder <laughs> and get away with it. Because what's going to happen is, if no one kills anyone, I'm killing every single one of you. And then everyone's like panicking and like, what's going on? So he explains to them, he's like, hey, just so you know, it's not enough to just kill someone. You have to get away with it. The whole gameplay behind Dang and Rampa is you're playing this character and much like uh phoenix Wright that you were talking about ace attorney in yeah. the last game i think or maybe one of the last a couple two episodes ago i think yeah it's the same way that when a murder happens because a murder does happen inevitably you start to investigate and you have a class trial trying to find the killer and monokuma mm. basically is like presiding as judge and he tells them you have to find out who the killer is or i'm going to kill all of you and let the killer go free or you can investigate and find out the killer and I'll only punish them. So it turns into a everyone trying to find the killer when it happens and it happens multiple times but he just pops up at the most random moments and intervenes and he's kind of he's really goofy but he's also like maniacal and just the concept of having like this bipolar or not bipolar but his design like this two-faced bear who's gotten all the elite students from japan to come to this school and he's like hey now you'll have to kill each other if you want to escape i just thought it was fucking awesome like i have a monokuma plush somewhere in the house um because i just i i love the character so there's few games that i buy collector's editions for persona games and danganronpa whenever danganronpa comes out i usually buy a collector's edition because it's going to come with something cool um they on one of the collector's edition released a pair of sunglasses that they just look like normal sunglasses except on one side it had a black circle and on the other side it had a red sharp eye so one side had one of his eyes and then the glasses were black and white i thought they were super dope but yeah monokuma <laughs> he's just so funny he's he's a he's a great character one of the best like most unique characters i i can even really think of so yeah yeah i gotta give it up to my dude for sure man dude monokuma is a great character uh i definitely i think i after you talked about the game that first couple times we talked about it i definitely watched the anime and i definitely get a sense of where you're coming from with like him being such an interesting character because he's yeah. he's a sadist with a sense of humor essentially oh, that's the best way to say it he's a sadist with a <laughs> sense of humor and he's a bear he's a stuffed animal but it turns out he's not a stuffed animal because 
I think one of the people just like grabs him and they're like, yo, if you don't let me out, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And he's like, oh, he's like touching the principles against the rules. And then all of a sudden his body explodes and kind of find out he has multiple versions of himself that are just like bombs. Yeah. So I'm like, man, this dude is so funny. Man, uh, it's so crazy. I I know you would know this, but I'm definitely curious about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Was it ever covered whether or not he had like, oh, whether his him was like an alter ego basically you know and there was someone else pulling the strings in the background yes and no that that because i kind of feel definitely he's just a stuffed bear and there's this i I get a sense from just seeing him like okay there's something past him you know that kind of is pulling the strings behind the mix but whenever you see him he's definitely like animated and he's lively even though he's just an inanimate object you know yeah the answer is yes and no it depends on which game you're even referring to, but I'll I just get leave you. it at that just because I, Rampa, no, I, I, please. I think that people, it's all good. if you want to play Danganronpa, you definitely should. I think it was just on sale, Danganronpa 1 and 2 on the PlayStation. Uh, they're available pretty cheap, uh, so I, I definitely would recommend anyone. And just It's anime as fuck. It's weird and quirky, and it's murders happening, and you're like, what the hell? And then you have a time... Where you can spend time and get to know your classmates and you can spend all your time getting to know one classmate and come to find out that they're murdered in the next act yeah and you're like shit i just wasted a lot of time with this person but no those games are great but yeah that's monokuma so what's uh what's your last one d dude man i got boss from Catherine. yeah i thought okay. boss was a really interesting character outside of like vincent brooks being the main character and the only reason why i say boss is such an interesting one is because he starts the game off as just a character that kind of stands on the side. You don't really pay much attention to him. Like, so who there are is parts boss in the for so boss people who might not know. I got about you. Catherine. So Catherine, there are two worlds in the game that you mainly play in. There's the dream sequences, and then there's the bar scene. And in the bar scene, it's just you deal with a lot of social interactions. You get to know what's going on, the general world of the game, and then you can interact with boss too. And he's just the guy who owns the bar. He, yep. The stray sheep is his coup de gras right there. He makes all his money off of that, from what I can tell. But yeah, he's just for the most the part. Bar, yeah, picture he, he's very guy. dapper too. Like yeah. he's well dressed. He's, he's a very mysterious character that you kind of think his inclusion was just part of like the game design almost yeah, he's just because a, he's, a he's just character. yeah man he's fucking suited up in like a white blazer, black pants, and he's got shades in indoors. I, I was always, like man, always, this guy is fucking fresh. Like he he's looking like million bucks right there like he is a businessman from you know a standpoint you know and you're just playing as a patron in his bar it isn't until like later on in the game that his inclusion starts to make a lot of sense because in the opening of the game you you come across a scene where it's like you know there's you hear a a voice in the background and it's Catherine with the c talking to boss and it's that little detail that you didn't really pay much attention to at the beginning I definitely did not, but once, you know, the story goes into a little bit more depth, it kind of throws you for a twist saying like, oh, this person never really existed, and it was just a figment of Vincent's imagination, and then he starts to go pretty insane over that, because he's like, you know, I I know I'm not making this shit up, this shit actually happened, she was sending me pictures and stuff, and these, this is legit, and then all of a sudden, everything is just gone, he's just questioning his sense of reality at this point. And then there's just this moment where he's just chilling at the bar by himself. And then he just has like 
it was just a random hit all of a sudden. Like he heard Boss's voice in the yeah, just he heard Boss's voice just chilling in the bar, and he's like, "Wait, I remember that scene earlier on in the beginning of the game where he talked to her and interacted with her." So you got Vincent all of a sudden who's fucking pissed because he thinks everyone is pretty much not believing him at this point like he says this is a thing and no one's really taking his side no one it. believes that Catherine exactly exists, but he does remember boss having an actual interaction yes. with her so he's like, yeah he it, and it wasn't anything like big or full or polished it was just like hey uh can i get a drink or something simple you know he just heard her ask him for a drink or some shit like that and then he, he just interacted with her and then through that like little exchange that he had in the catch he grilled boss for answers and he was like hey man what the fuck like this is a legit person and you interact with her like i don't know what your biz is but then he starts getting violent with boss and then once the shades come off you realize that he's kind of the string puller through the whole operation like he's kind of he's involved yeah man like he he's and then the game kind of gets into like this whole it, it goes into this whole spiral about like men and like you know cheating and you know like free will and not really doing the wrong things but doing what you feel is right like the game it doesn't slap anyone in the face for having their choice of like a particular method but i thought it was just interesting that in the game prompt you questions and stuff for like you know oh just one that poked out to me the most was is the beginning of life after marriage or before marriage more about boss uh after the glasses come off he's kind of like pulling the strings behind everything so the whole idea is people go into the dream world and they get judged on whether or not they are good men or not weirdly enough the dreams only affect men and i think that's what boss was his intention was initially you know but it's through that like you know vincent decides you know hey i'm ready to move on to like the next part of my life and then once you beat him you essentially get that part that that ending that all those decisions that you've made into the game that they throw at you like all those decisions that you chose they play a role in towards that final scene that you get at the end and i think that that was pretty amazing yeah, yeah no he's definitely a he's a he's a mysterious cat man like he, yeah man you see him like you said he's well dressed he comes in and just offers you romantic advice and life advice every once yeah. in a while but it's so funny that you know, he is playing. I don't want to go too much into because I, I think Catherine will be one of those games that we probably do a full episode on. So, For sure. Um, we don't want to get into too much. I don't think we've said anything too spoilery. But it's just this character that doesn't... It becomes involved in a way you didn't think he would. Yes. But, yeah, that's definitely, definitely a, a great pick, Dylan. I would not... It's that, it's it's that, that twist one. that usually gets me. Like, whenever you see, like, just someone that's really just standing on the sidelines, then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, where did this person come from? Like, he... Yeah. he and it's funny, like, he was there the entire time. You just didn't put the pieces together up until that scene happened. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's awesome, man. That's a, that's a, that's a nice pick. I would not have thought of that. I'm, I'm impressed with your list because I saw Zero was going to be on there, but you went with X instead, and yeah. we, you know, you definitely surprised me with Zach. I know how much that meant to you. I honestly thought you were going to go with someone from Remake, but yeah, dude, that's, that's, yeah, man. that's a good choice. So... Yeah, man. Um, I have How about you get us off into that last choice of yours, man? Because I'm pretty excited to hear what you got. So this is my most obscure one. Okay. I'm interested. And I'm willing to bet. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. Anyone listening out there who knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I bet even some people who are pretty big fans of this game 
don't even really know this character. And that is Maurice Chavez from Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Hmm. Now, Maurice Chavez is not a character you come across in the game. You don't meet him. At least I don't remember. I remember playing Vice City very methodically, trying to do everything that you can in the game. But Maurice Chavez is actually a radio host of a talk show on one of the radio stations that you're playing in the car. Oh, man. So, as many people might know, if you're in Grand Theft Auto and you hop in a car, there's radios. There's radio stations, and they'll have commercials, not real-life commercials, of course. They're most parody commercials. Pertain uh, to the game, that basically. pertain to the game. But there was one channel that you could tune into in Vice City, and it was called VCPR, Vice City Public Radio. And Maurice Chavez was the host of a talk show called Pressing the Issue. And... It's so hilarious <laughs> because Vice City, you know, it's very much like late 70s, 80s Miami. Yeah. Neon and lights and everything. everywhere and uh, all that good stuff. But so he's hosting and he has different segments in the show. He has one guest that's like this girl that is so manic that she's taking like 27 different medications and she's just trying to be happy. And the government releases this thing called Giggle Cream that apparently, like, turns everyone maniacal, which is why she is kind of how she is. (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, of course, but... And then you have another dude who's, like, a senator, and he's like, yeah, we're going to build a giant statue of me so that we can (laughs) all, like, leave the state of Florida and go into space. And he's like, and give me your money so that I can build this statue. It's very much parodies. (laughs) <laughs> off of a lot of things you know the crooked politician like yeah. the crooked politician that is so crooked that he's just blatantly telling you about his scheme to like separate Florida from the United States and how the only he... difference is I guess in Grand Theft Auto they're very like upfront about it so it's oh, hilarious yeah, very much so <laughs> uh, Maurice Chavez gets someone gets shot at one point during what? the radio shows like because there's a, a, a dude who believes he's a vampire and he, he just gets naked at one point and the, the senator is like dude he's so of course you know like right wing and that he just pulls <laughs> his gun out but then like someone takes the gun from him and he shoots someone at one point and dude the show in the recording of in the, the recording. show this is what? all through a recording <laughs> through the show and maurice chavez at one point he gets in a fight with someone because maurice chavez used to be a vegan mime <laughs> and, a vegan and, mime dude it is so wait deep. like in france like you know box and everything mime like a mime what but like a vegan mime like he was trying yeah. to break into like the vegan mime scene you know he's, he's definitely going the alternative route by hosting a talk show dude and the talk show is so fucking hilarious i you can find <laughs> it on youtube just type in vcpr and i think it's like an hour and a half like i said you only heard this audio if you were in the car and if you were tuned into the station and i remember sometimes just getting into a car turning on the radio and just listening to it because oh my god it's so goddamn funny it is so goddamn funny at one point maurice punches someone in the show and like breaks his nose and then (laughs) come to find out that like one of his hosts is like i went to the best schools and I, I have this much money. He's like, no, I know for a fact your wife left you 
three years ago, <laughs> in a sad studio. <laughs> and he's just like roasting us. Oh, man. Anyone who's out there, please, if you played Vice City, some of you might know what I'm talking about. Uh, That's why I'll this tell is you the right most now, obscure man. character right now. Because he's I, not a, you don't even, I don't even know if you know what he looks like. There might be some no. artwork for him, but he's just the host of Vice City Public Radio. Maurice Chavez is it's some of the. He just adds interesting dialogue into the game. That's already like that's multiple hours long, right? Yes, that's all he does. He's just a, a radio host, and it just—I don't know why I thought it was so hilarious, but man, dude, you, look you it up basically, on YouTube. It's called VCPR. It's great. His choice from your list definitely like captures what we're trying to make this episode about like favorite video game characters you know he, he didn't have to be like a main role but yeah. the fact that his inclusion gave you some added entertainment to it to another level oh and, yeah you know, i enjoyed yeah. vice city so much more because of that being a thing oh 100 percent. i can tell why and it like i said it's just comedic because there's all things grand theft auto it's parody it's meant to be parody that they are doing a parody of on that episode is you know this is going on during the cuban missile crisis so you have the senator who's like we need to leave florida so that we're not in threat so why don't we just shoot a giant statue of myself into space with rockets you know and and, and the you fuck? have like the the how would that solve the issue exactly that's the thing it's so it's so <laughs> ridiculous but yeah, Maurice Chavez, host of Pressing yeah. the Issue on the City Public Radio. <laughs> dude, man, one of that's... my favorite video game yeah, And I dude. feel I've never heard anyone talk about him. I've never heard anyone talk about him, and this is some of the best writing I've ever heard. Because <laughs> To be honest, like if I heard a radio host like just straight up roast his guest on live air, that would, dude, man, I would lose, I would lose my shit. Him. The dude is pressing him the whole time. He's like, listen, man, I'm just trying to be real. He's like, no, you're not a realist. You're an asshole. <laughs> That's why wife left you. <laughs> oh, man. You should, you should I'm going to send you a link. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a link. You I, I literally just wrote VCPR on my notebook so that I could type it in my YouTube search bar later on just to yeah, get a good I'm laugh. I'm going to have to listen to it after we do this recording. Because <laughs> I listened to it maybe like two times a year. No, probably more than that. You visited a lot, though, is what I you're saying, right? In your spare time. In one year, I visited frequent times, and I listened to the whole thing. I literally <laughs> listened to the whole thing. I think it's like an hour and 30 or an hour and 15 or maybe even 45 minutes. I don't know how long it is, but it's just a fake radio show from Vice City, and it's just hilarious to me. So, yeah, yeah that's that's my uh, my last main one that I wanted to touch on. Yeah, so. I'm definitely going to have to hear some of his dialogue later on because yeah. the way you make it sound it sounds like it'll be a good way to spend my saturday yeah no especially since <laughs> i know you said now you're driving a little bit longer to go to school oh yeah you know you had that extended drive why not it's a radio show that's yeah man you listen to a car so it's almost perfect it's a parody so, yeah yeah definitely but yeah so if you want d we can kind of get into some of our honorable mentions right now um oh, some of man. these i think i'll just touch on i'm just gonna list mine off one by one yeah uh, not many joel and ellie from the last of us okay uh i think their character dynamic uh both of them is incredible uh from beginning to end and i know that there was a lot of mixed reviews for the last of us part two but uh we are going to do a last of us episode because it's just one of the one of my top like three favorite games of all time um so i, I don't want to get into any more of it than that just to say that joel and ellie their characters are incredible and i love the story that they go through uh voss who is the antagonist, one of the antagonists from Far Cry 3. He's just a fucking psycho. And 
I love that. <laughs> he mm. kidnaps like these white, this white family, and he's just like, "Yo, I'm holding you ransom." And then what happens is that one of them is like an ex-marine or like something like that, and he breaks out and breaks his younger brother out, and then he kills a bunch of your friends. But he's just super crazy and has like a black mohawk and he wears like a red tank top oh that guy to agitate and he's like on a short fuse but he's he's a good character as well and kratos from god of war the 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 most recent god of war Corey barlog's uh god of war uh we will do a god of war episode because i figured kratos would make it much higher on your list if i'm being honest to you man well it's mainly because i know that i want to talk about god of war on an episode okay and I feel like I don't want to repeat myself. I don't want to make it redundant is what I should actually say. I get uh, you. Constantly hearing about the same people. So that's why I only barely touched on Joel and Ellie and uh, Kratos because they did something that I didn't think that anyone could do, which was they made me give a shit about Kratos. Because yeah. Kratos in the original God of War games, he kind of sucks ass. Not going to yeah, lie. That's he's true. Just, he's just angry and yelling and he's killing people. That's fine. He's I killing guess, gods but too. But there's really no death to him as a character it was rage rage was kratos like that's the only side of him there was no you didn't play god of war because you're like oh man what's kratos's development gonna be through this what's the growth no it's like do you want to start dismembering zeus zeus (laughs) because that's what you're gonna get and (laughs) in the new one they they really made me care about kratos and that is another one of those games where i was like man this is a fucking movie this is a movie hmm. that I get to be a part of, but yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later too. So sure, man. Um, so yeah, Kratos, boss, and to be honest, I think that's really, it's really it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that there are more out there, but that's really the ones that I can. When I think favorite video game characters, it's like bam, these are the ones that popped in my head. So what about yeah. you? Do? Man, so as I was coming up with this list, a lot of characters I ended up scribbling out just because I had the realization that like a lot of the characters that I love and support, they also come from like TV as a main source of media. So for example, uh, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. for example, you know, he, he's mainly fixated on like cartoon shows or cinematic movies, stuff along those lines. Games, he'll get his fair share every now and then, but I kind of felt like, you know, he, he wasn't true to what a video game He's a game comic character. character first that just so happens to be exactly. a game, So And even then, like, I had, like, like uh, Proto Man from the NT Warrior series. Oh, yeah. But that was, like, I felt that was, like, in a mixed bag because, you know, they had an animated series and they also had games, too. So I couldn't really decide where that really lied best. For sure, Mega Man X, like, if I take a look at that, for sure, that's a video game character. But whenever I look at NT Warrior, it kind of took, like, a different direction with, like, animated series and everything, too, being a thing. So I kind of felt more he was more, like, depicted better in media as opposed to video games. Um, but aside from that, man, I, I wish I had something more to give to you on my honorable mentions list, but I'm gonna have to sell you short here, man. It's cool, man. No, that's trust me. I, we we're over an hour now. We're like, the episode is running around normal length, so I know we spent a good portion of on the beginning on Mega Man X specifically and the Mega Man series, but you know we both had characters from that those two franchises, so of course we were gonna run a little bit long on that one. 
Yeah. But yeah, so if that's it for your honorable mentions. Um, I just want to remind everyone, our giveaway is still going on, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Please check that out. Be a part of that. Uh, write yeah. to us. Let us know what some of your favorite video game characters are and why. You know, hopefully some of them are as obscure as Modis Chavez, but... Yeah, you know, tell me I, about I mean, if they're just as obscure, I'd have to look them up if they're that interesting, yeah. to be real. Tell me why. That's what I'm curious about. That's one of the things, one of my favorite things that stuck out, which is, like, no one even really knows his character in Grand Theft Auto. He doesn't really contribute to anything other than the comedic aspect of the game, but he's a great character, in my opinion. No. And I'd love to hear other people's opinions on, on what other characters they know like that. It, it's funny that you mentioned that radio show off of Grand Theft Auto because that similar feeling I got off of Maurice Chavez, you said yeah. that's his name? Yep. On, okay, on Grand Theft Auto. I got a very similar vibe off of J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man Marvels games because oh, yeah. as you're swinging through town, you can also tune in to J.J.'s uh, talk show. Yeah. And what he'll is just, it called? The truth just the something, something like with just something with jameson or something like that yeah he's kind of like almost like a weird right-wing conspiracy theorist so <laughs> he, that is pretty funny i think they did a good job with J. Jonah jameson in that in the yeah. newest spider-man game insomniac spider-man uh i can't wait to see some of the new reportings during miles Morales. Oh, yeah. so but yeah everyone like i'm saying giveaway still going on check that out follow us on instagram follow me on instagram at the forte jorge and we are available on all podcast services of your choice. I just got word back that we are now on iHeartRadio. So oh, if you like iHeartRadio, uh, we're on there too. So we're on a lot of services now. So I'm glad to see the reach. Thank you for everyone who follows us and listens to us. Uh, thank you to everyone. We're at a little bit of under 100 uh, listeners for the shows or streams, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I constantly yeah. look at our, our numbers, and it, they, they're going up. I like that people out there are listening to us, even though I, I want, I don't I don't care if you don't play games or not. You know, if you are curious about it, great. I, I love, yeah. I don't need someone to match my intensity for video games to want them, for me to want them to be a part of the conversation. So, yeah, man. you know, this goes to, this goes to everyone who's even remotely interested, you know. But yeah, D, I think that'll do it for this week. Like I said, any questions, concerns, thoughts, comments, critiques, anything that you guys can think of, please. That's constructive. Do of not, course. yeah, be like, oh, hey, by the way, I fucking hate that I can hear Dylan's cat taking a shit in the back. And I was like, well, wow, George, Dylan, man, I think that was a personal stab just now, man. Well, I mean, no, I mean, the <laughs> other day, I think, what did I do? I sneezed on my, no, I banged the table. But that was all good though. Like I during one of our episodes, stuff, I banged bro. the table and I was like, wow, "We were talking bad. about bug snacks," and we honestly, that was the best way. If there's any other time for you to bang on a table, that would be the time. I'll bang you on the table. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll probably have to censor that out. Honestly, <laughs> no, I'm leaving that shit in. Um, we're for everyone, D. Uh, but. Yeah, thank you guys, and yeah, we thanks will for see listening. You guys next week, I am in the process of having a few people come to do some guest spots on the show, so that'll be pretty cool. Some people who I want to have unique conversations with. You might get one of those episodes before you get the Persona Five episode, because I know that the Persona Five episode we had said would be the first episode we have someone in line yes. to do it. Yeah, uh, but I think I might have one before that. So look forward to that. But yeah, yeah any updates you guys will get off our Instagram. And keep doing what you're doing. Keep playing the games. Keep, uh, yeah. That's all we're telling you to do. Yeah. Do, do, and do, feel man. free to just listen, Where? hit us up. 
Yeah, wear a fucking mask and uh, register to vote.